Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is a podcast directed to helping you live your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day of your life. On our podcasts, we promote healthy living and the desire to live enthusiastically. I'm your host, Ron Kaiser. I'm a positive health psychologist and the author of the best-selling and award-winning book, Rejuvenating, the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is www.thementalhealthgym. We hope you'll visit frequently and learn some of the things about positive psychology, healthy aging, and respond to us. I'm always looking for suggestions, including suggestions for interviewees for this podcast. Now, most weeks, what we do is present somebody really interesting and informative who leads his or her own life in an enthusiastic, positive manner and can help you in doing so. In addition, they can provide information about other aspects of healthy living and other aspects of the way that they function. So today we have a really uh, special guest doing a podcast, and I think we're up to almost 30 episodes now. I think this is the first time we've done a podcast that's really about podcasts. Not (laughs) totally, but somebody who really makes her living out of podcasting and coaching others to do so. Our guest today is Jenny Saraswati, who is the producer and CEO of the podcast production company, Ginny Media. She also has, I believe, three of her own podcasts, including The Ginny Show, Monday Mocha, The Daily Gin. The Ginny Show, incidentally, was recently signed at one of the leading broadcast networks in Australia, Nova Entertainment, which is quite an accomplishment considering that Ginny lives in New York City nowadays. (laughs) So we'll hear a little more about that and a little bit more about podcasting and the way she leads it's her own life. Jenny, welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. It's great to have you with us. Ron, it is an absolute pleasure to be on this podcast and on the other side of the microphone. Normally I'm listening with headphones on the other end. So it's great to be here and I'm excited to uh, contribute to the Rejuvenating conversation. Great, great. Thanks a lot for being here. Let's start out with your area, and then maybe we'll move some into mine, the area of <laughs> podcasting, because again, as I said, it's kind of unique for us to have a, a podcast about podcasting. When I was growing up, among the various things that I thought I might like to grow up and be, never thought in terms of being a podcaster. It wasn't a thing in those days. And I guess I'm wondering, when did podcasting become a thing where people make their livelihoods out of it, where it's such a popular form out there? How did it really uh, evolve and when did it become something? Yeah, that's such a loaded question to start off with, Ron, and I love it how you're diving right into the guts of, of podcasting. Podcasting actually started in the early 2000s when Apple released their device, which you might know called the iPod. That's actually why the name podcast exists, because it's derived from the words broadcast and iPod. So they've just taken pod and cast and put it together. So in the early 2000s, what was happening is because iTunes started and the iPod was around, 
what was happening is there was this level of accessibility and autonomy that the consumer or the listener was given, which they didn't have before. You know, before we had radio stations dictate to us when we would listen to them, what time, what music we would hear at a certain time. But the iPod kind of gave or introduced the consumer to this level of autonomy and freedom. And I guess what was happening is at the time I was on a breakfast show on an FM radio station in Australia. And what traditionally in Australia, what they were doing with breakfast shows or morning shows on radio is any kind of snippets from the radio show or any kind of celebrity interviews, they were pulling that off the radio feed and popping them on as a podcast so people could listen to them in their own time. So there's this level of autonomy and freedom that podcasting gives that other platforms don't really offer. Like when you think of video and if you think of reading, you have to give that piece of video content or that book or that blog your full and undivided attention. Whereas with podcasts, you can consume while you're doing something else. So this element of autonomy and freedom is what the audio side of things offers and podcasting offers, which the other two mediums don't. And I feel that's why it's part of the reason why it's such a popular medium, because it gives you autonomy, it gives you freedom. And it's such a deeply intimate space. Like people listening to the podcast right now, Ron, we're literally in their ear. Now think about how many people you let that close to you to literally get in your ear. So it's such an intimate communication medium. And I feel that's why it's so impactful too. So this is why podcasting, I feel, is having its boom and people are jumping on it. And it's also one of the mediums that's relatively low cost to do. Like you don't have to hire a full studio with a camera crew. You can relatively do this with a USB microphone and a free software that you download. And some people even record on their phone. So it's a relatively low cost medium to get into. But I hope that gives you a a big answer as to why podcasting is so popular. Yeah, that's really informative stuff. I, I didn't know a whole lot about the history, including the fact that, you know, among all the other innovations that Apple brought into the world, yeah. I didn't know that it was really responsible for the term podcast because of the, the iPod. But it makes yeah. a whole lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So that gives us some flavor of the history and why it's such a, a popular form of media. How about you yourself? Can you tell us a little bit about your own journey? Because again, I don't know how anybody winds up making their career out of podcasting. (laughs) Well, there's many ways to make a career out of podcasting. But for me, I kind of took on board the production side of things. So Ron, as I mentioned before, in Australia, I was on a morning show on and off for 10 years on a station called Joy 94.9. It's an FM radio station, which primarily plays music. But during my time on air, our interviews and any kind of popular segments that we had on the the morning show, they got repurposed into a podcast audio. So we would edit it out and pop it onto iTunes and people could consume it again on the go. And I noticed during particular times, especially when we had like international guests or big kind of names from overseas, our podcast statistics would go pretty high. And that kind of gave me an inkling like, okay, there's something happening here with people kind of listening to our podcast as opposed to listening to us live. So as a consequence of being on Radio Run, I fell into podcasting. And 2015, I started thinking about doing my own podcast. So the year after I launched The Ginny Show, which was super exciting because I really wanted to go behind the mic and kind of share my story or like share comedic stories in a way that I didn't have to worry about ad breaks or, you know, any kind of regulations that you do have to worry about when you're on air. 
So when I started the podcast, I noticed that there were things that I needed, like I needed an audio editor, I needed someone to write show notes for me, I needed someone to create artwork for me, and I was outsourcing it to two, three different people. Now at the time, given that I had more freedom around me in terms of what I could do with my time, I was okay to manage that. And still some people to this day, they have separate teams doing separate things. But in my head, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had one team to do everything and you just literally have to worry about sending the files over? After I released the podcast, I got nominated for a couple of awards in Australia, the Australian Podcast Awards being one of them. And from there, people just started approaching me saying, hey, can you show me how to do a podcast? So I kind of combined the questions that I was getting with what I was lacking as a podcaster myself. And that's how Ginny Media started. So uh, a lot of the clients that I have are America-based. It kind of was in line because I was thinking of moving to New York because I fell in love with a New Yorker and I fell in love with the city. So it kind of aligned perfectly. So when I moved over here, I started offering this service as a bulk package and people were like, this is great. It's only, I only have to speak to one person, everything's sent to them and the podcast is published after the audio is done. So it's one of those things that I think, Ron, that when you think of positioning a service, it really does help if you have that firsthand experience of what it is like to be a podcaster. So I know what podcasters look for and it's that element of ease and knowing that all they have to do is one thing, send us the files and then we can take care of the rest. Fascinating. I'm kind of wondering just in terms of, again, you relocated to New York. I think that's probably uh, something that couldn't be done years ago with other forms of reaching out to people. But I guess you can have clients all over the world, can't you? Absolutely. Most of my clients are America-based. I do have some clients in London and Australia. But I think that's the beauty of now, not just podcasting per se, but remote work. You know, we're heading into a gig economy and, you know, remote work is going to increase rapidly over the next five to 20 years. I believe that 50% of the workforce they're predicting to be working from home. I think that level of freedom that the internet is offering us is the internet's now at its maturity. So we're really seeing the results of what it is like to have a resource like the internet available to us. People have built empires of the internet, Amazon being one of them. So it's fascinating too. But like you said, you know, 10, 20 years ago, relocating, you would have to set up podcasting in a way that's a little bit more hands-on. So it wouldn't be as quote unquote scalable as it is now. Like I would need to be there in person setting things up, which isn't always the most cost effective or time effective, but it's a very good time to be a podcast producer and a very great time to be a podcaster on. <laughs> great. Great. Well, let's hope so. And uh, I know you're from personal experience that you're really good at what you do. Thank you, Ron. I am wondering, just in general, podcasts have exploded. I mean, if you want to hear a podcast on almost any topic, probably not almost, but every topic, you could find a podcast on it. There are some people who are among the most known people in the world are podcasters. I think there are a lot of people out there like I was not too long ago who may have some information in their heads, may feel that they're pretty good at communicating it, but never thought about podcasting. I'm wondering what should go into the decision about, is this worth the time and effort and money and so on to do it? Who should become a podcaster? That's a great question, Ron. And I love how you asked it because you're like, I've got all this information, but I don't know what to do with it. And I think exactly that people like you who have information, who have knowledge, who have proven research and a proven, I guess, authority in that field, 
it's a great way to kind of launch into a different element of it. So a podcast enables you to reach people again at a scale which you wouldn't be able to do 10, 20 years ago. If you have a podcast, like your podcast is a perfect example. You're an author with a book called Rejuvenating. This podcast is about rejuvenating and, you know, the quality of life and how to promote that. You're having conversations and connecting with experts in certain fields and they're going to use and share rejuvenating with their audience. And you're going to get this residual effect of people hearing about rejuvenating in a way that you couldn't do a long time ago. And I think if you want to start a podcast, a great place to start is to say, okay, what is my message? What do I know a lot about? And what am I passionate about? And what have I been proven to know a lot about? So if you're unsure about these things, ask around. If you don't have a book, ask around. Ask people, look, what do you think I know a lot about? What do you think I'm known for and that sort of thing? And that's a great place to start designing a podcast concept. It's like what you know, what you're good at, and you know what people think you're good at. You can kind of merge the three into one and decide a podcast. For me, when I started The Ginny Show, I was like, well, I was working in aerospace manufacturing, so I couldn't really do a podcast on aerospace manufacturing because one, my knowledge of it wasn't that broad, and also the way that I communicate outside of what I did for my full-time job or my day job was very different to how I communicated inside of that job. So it was like wearing two different personalities. So for me, why I did the Ginny show in such a comedic way was it was a way that I was known to express myself and tell stories because that's something that, you know, I was very comfortable with, with my background in journalism and very comfortable with in my background in theater as well. So that's how I did the podcast. So when you're doing a podcast, think about realistically what you're going to talk about and also the time that you have to commit to it. Now, Ron, when you started this podcast, you were very brave and said, I'm going to do a weekly podcast, which you've managed to stick to. And that's, that's quite a commitment for some people. So it's important to, when you are starting a podcast, to be realistic about what you can commit to, because there's nothing worse than saying you're going to do a weekly podcast and release an episode monthly, because you're going to start to lose the trust of your audience. So realistically commit to what you can give in terms of time. So if you want to have a solo podcast, some people just speaking to the mic about certain facts and stats in their industry, that also works. And that's also a little bit more easier to do in terms of time. You don't have to coordinate with so many different people. So they're the two things that I would look at when you're starting a podcast, time commitment, what you're going to talk about. Okay, great, great advice. This is really fascinating. Raises a couple of questions that I'm going to throw out there and you can handle them in either way, (laughs) in either order, or one of them is... Now that there are all these multitude of podcasts out there, it's a lot easier to do one than to make sure that it gets heard. How does somebody break through all that noise? And secondly, which may have something to do with it, how does somebody utilize somebody like yourself? How do you know when and if you need somebody on the production end of it? Sure. They're two great questions, Ron, because... It does seem like these days creating one is easier than promoting one. There are, I think the last statistic I read was there's about 300 new podcasts being uploaded to Apple Podcasts every day. That's a ton of podcasts when you think about it. That's new Um, ones? New ones. So brand new podcasts. So not repeat episodes, but brand new podcasts being uploaded. So new shows are starting essentially. And when you think of it that way, that's quite a huge volume of shows. However, I think what isn't being quantified or spoken about as much is how these shows are continuing. So are these shows, yes, they've launched, but what is their frequency? Are they up to date? Have they released an episode in the last 18 months? Because I could launch a podcast tomorrow, but that would be it. 
you know, you could launch something tomorrow and not have any follow-up episodes. So I think that is also like a key factor that a lot of podcasters fall into, which is pod fade, which is podcast death. You kind of start on a schedule and then you're kind of running this rat race. You're like, oh no, I've run out of steam. That's it. And then you either throw the towel in or you just quietly disappear into the bushes like this is it. So I think it's important to keep in mind, and this is again going back to the point that I made before, to be realistic about your time commitment. Because if you can only commit to recording two podcasts a month, start there. Because I feel that in this podcasting game at the moment, it is the consistent, the most organized and the most thoughtful people with their time that are actually going to ultimately be the winners, quote unquote. Because starting a podcast, yes, you can launch one, but how are you going to keep up with the consistency? How are you going to build that pattern with your listener to know, okay, every Monday I'm going to get an episode from Ginny or every Tuesday I'm going to get an episode from Ron. They will develop that habit over time if you are consistent. And ultimately, I feel that's the people who are going to win, those who remain consistent, those who remain committed, and those who remain really conscious of their time and their time investment. And I guess the other part that you said too, Ron, how do you know when you're ready to hire someone? Well, I guess, again, it comes down to being realistic with your time. If you want to self-produce, and there are a ton of self-produced podcasts out there, again, be realistic with your time because you've got to think about stuff like, okay, I've got to reach out to guests. I've got to do preparation for my guests. I've got to record the podcast. I've got to make sure the guest has all the information. It's a lot of information to kind of think about. And that's even before you've hit record. And after you hit record, you've got to edit, write the show notes, do some promo artwork, pop it up on the apps. It can seem like a lot of work, but if you have the time to commit to it, do it. And if you figured out a secret formula, do it. But if you're at the stage where you're like, okay, this is taking up a lot of my time. I'm going to outsource this and focus on building another part of my business or focusing my time elsewhere where I can get more revenue in, do that. So it really comes to the, I guess, the tipping point of how, how much longer can you continue to do this? And where do you want to dedicate your time to in terms of your business or your time schedule? So I hope that answers your question, Ron. Yeah, thanks, Jenny. That, that's <laughs> real helpful. I think one of the things that may also be important to be aware of is, you know, while it's hard to go from nothing to having a major following and so on, the podcast can be a, a significant part of building your brand generally. You know, it's not necessarily something you think about in isolation or evaluate yourself totally on what the numbers are if, in fact, you have social media presence, if you're doing writing or speaking, things of this nature. So I think one of the things that people probably should give some thought to is, will the podcast add to something that I'm already doing or will help in brand building as opposed to seeing it as something, well, here's another imposition on my week or month or whatever we're doing, because some of these things work synergistically and help in, in building. One of the questions I always am interested in, both in relation to where I'm coming from, but also whenever I talk with successful people and leaders in their field, I'm always concerned about what do they do about self-health care? You know, again, my book is Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. I found that many, many successful people, part of their enthusiastic way of living is to make sure that they're not working all the time and that they're doing some things that don't drain from taking care of themselves. And I hope I'm not embarrassing you by asking you if, <laughs> if you do something other than 
produce podcasts and appear on them all the time. Well, Ron, I'm really happy that you asked me that question because that is something that I am very passionate about. It's interesting. If I look at my life, you know how we hit 2020 and a lot of people were looking at the decade that they had. If I look at my life from 2010 to 2020 and how it's changed, like 2010, I was in a very, the headspace I was in was completely different to where I am now. I was in a corporate job, which I did not like. Every day I woke up, I did not want to go to work. I was in a very toxic relationship. The people I hung around with, they were great for me and they served, we all served each other at that particular time. But I thought about like where my head was at and where I am now, the shift that it's taken. So back then in 2010, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't, I was going to the gym, but I was eating very poorly. I wasn't sleeping very well. I wasn't taking time out to take care of me. I wasn't meditating. I wasn't really connected with myself as kind of woo woo as that sounds. That's really important to me. Cause then I think that's kind of where everything starts. So fast forward to 2020, you know, I'm not working a corporate job. I'm running my own business and I have been, this is my third year full-time running it. And my day starts and ends with a routine. So my day starts with a morning routine and ends with an evening routine. And people say to me, isn't that really like stringent? you know, aren't you being really rigid? And I went, well, it's one of those things that I need to start the day with and for myself. So I get up in the morning and I journal for half an hour, whatever's in my mind. And I have a lot of crazy ideas, Ron, as you probably know, working with me for as long as you have. I have a lot of ideas and I just need to get whatever my thoughts are in my head overnight onto a page. So I journal for half an hour and then I start my morning with some morning prayers and some affirmations meditate, I chant, I journal with gratitude. And I also check in with myself and be like, how am I feeling? You know, am I feeling happy? Am I feeling safe? All these sorts of things. And I find that when I start my day that way, I kind of go out into the world with the intent of, okay, this is the kind of person I want to be today. This is what I want to attract today. And doing that, any kind of circumstance that pops up or surprise, I am equipped to handle it from a place of peacefulness and a place of joy as opposed to a place of reaction, which is what I was doing 10 years ago. And, you know, past two weeks I've been feeling unwell. So my morning routine's kind of been done in an express way. It's like an express morning routine. And I felt the difference, the difference being that I am reacting more than responding. And I think that is where I feel that people, if they kind of start with self-care, if they start with filling their own cup first, Anything else that comes afterwards will tip over into the saucer and that is what you give to other people. So you guys start with filling your own cup first, starting with you, taking care of you, and then everything else can come on after that because if you don't put yourself first, you will keep coming last. That is something that I think, especially in a female generation as well, it's something that we're reconditioning ourselves to do. So yeah, that's my morning routine, right? And my evening routines, I do a bit of skincare bit of a face mask, clay mask or a, a sheet mask I put on. I um, put some meditation music on and I read a book and that's kind of how I unwind and I make sure that I'm in bed by a certain time so I can get up at 5.30 the next day. And yeah, that's my, hopefully that's in line with your book run. I'm hoping this is going to lead me into some rejuvenating. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think you're getting ahead of the curve on that. I actually, as you were talking, I reached for my book because I looked at the back cover of it and one of the things that it points out is one of the goals of rejuvenating is to own the aging process. And I think we think of 
the fact that we're aging from the time that we're born, it's really owning your life that's a critical thing. And I think that that's the really major advantage of having this kind of routine. You aren't reacting, that you are owning your life, and you're much more likely to begin the day positively than if that were not the case. If you were waiting for things to happen to you and then noticing the negative things more than the positive ones, and yeah. we always have positive stuff. But if we can take charge of it and really promote the positive things, that's a really helpful thing. Again, one of the other things that I discuss in the book is the fact that we should always be growing and changing in three main areas, in the health and fitness area, in the intellectual functioning area, and in the area of social involvements. Most busy people take care of the intellectual functioning area by their job, although Sometimes it's too limiting without doing some of the outside stuff. But, you know, to recognize that if you aren't building in a social network, if you aren't taking care of yourself in terms of healthy eating, exercising, and so on, that that all has a cumulative effect. And I think that you're preparing yourself for aging while not thinking a whole lot about it, hopefully, as, as you <laughs> follow this routine. You know, and something that I think is very helpful for everybody is to have this stuff structured in so that it's not overly rigid, but you are taking care of yourself and treating yourself as a job. I mean, just like somebody going to work from nine to five isn't that rigid, but if that's your job and if that's the demands and if that's the expectation, then if you've chosen that as a job, you learn to live with it. You don't consider it, geez. Another day, I, I have to go to work. If you're thinking that way, then you probably are in the wrong, the wrong line of work. And if you think that taking care of yourself in a somewhat structured manner is a problem, then that is a problem. Absolutely. So thanks for filling us in and, and sharing that part of yourself with us. One thing that I probably implied but maybe didn't state is the fact that as people get older and have more time on their hands. Podcasting has really given people an opportunity to, whether it be semi-retire or feel somewhat in touch with the rest of the world, having some kind of routine that enables them to do that. So again, while we like to have a broad age range among our audience, and we do, but we do know that given the nature of rejuvenating, that we've got a fair number of people in their senior years. And this is one more productive thing they can do with it, I believe. Absolutely. One thing that I find to be a really big, I guess, ROI, if you want to talk it in return on investment terms of, of doing a podcast, is the relationships that you build. Because nowadays with people being so busy and, you know, with virus scares and everything, catching up for coffee with someone for half an hour to an hour may not always seem practical and may not always be seen as a, you know, a great investment of time. But a podcast one, you're having a conversation. And secondly, you're creating a piece of content that's going to live on the feeds forever, right? And that piece of content is going to be of value to that person in some way, shape or form. So it's a great way to build relationships within your business or even just personally to have access to people who have this wealth of knowledge like yourself, Ron, on a certain topic or lifestyle or health or anything like that. That's extremely valuable. And, you know, think about how much you pay to get into a conference you can get some value that is similar in a half an hour conversation on a podcast. So yeah, if you're looking to start a podcast, no matter how old you are, it's a great way to build relationships and also, you know, to get a bit adventurous and think about, Ooh, 
am I looking at life the right way? Am I looking, could I look at life a different way? Should I say just what you've said there, Ron, it's a great way to look at life. Go, Oh, okay. Yep. I need to think of myself as a job and really look to looking after me and, and putting me first. So um, that's a great way, Ron. Thanks a lot. You know, I, I'm sure that many people have listened to this and are able to relate to the, the fact that, hey, this may be something that could be, could be really helpful. And this last point that you made, Jenny, about the relationship building part of it is, is pretty significant. I've mentioned both in my book and on probably a few episodes of this podcast, the fact that in the senior years that loneliness is really right up there with things like sedentary lifestyle and obesity and smoking in terms of really having an impact on longevity and a negative one. And any opportunity to build relationships is really warding off loneliness. It may not be quite the same thing, obviously, as as face-to-face contact, and it shouldn't be a substitute for it, but it does keep people connected, and that's one of the real benefits of living in the internet age. One of the problems with podcasts is we do run out of time on occasion, (laughs) but before we absolutely do, I'm sure that lots of people would want to know how they hear your podcast and uh, how they get in touch with you, if it be for podcasts or anything else. Absolutely. Well, you can get in touch with me via my website, ginnymedia.com. That's G-I-N-N-I media.com. And I'm available on all the social apps, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Ginny Media. Would love to hear from you. Drop me a message. I do respond to all my messages myself. Would love to hear from you. And any questions you have about podcasting or anything in particular, I'd, I'd love to talk to you. I love talking to people. And I think that's, that's again, a consequence of falling into podcasting, Ron. <laughs> Great. And what about your own podcast? If <laughs> the Ginny Show, yes. People are probably thinking, geez, she's called it Ginny Media. The Ginny Show must be highly narcissistic, but it just it, people just remember it that way. So the Ginny Show is a podcast that I release weekly on Mondays. And we dive into unpacking the habits, the mindsets, and the attitudes around joy and happiness. So how people cultivate that and hold that in their life. So that's out every Monday on your favorite podcast apps. Okay, terrific. Again, it's been just a really remarkable and wonderful opportunity to interact with you in this way. You're certainly added to the roster of outstanding guests that that we've had. And I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. I'm looking forward to listening to it and gaining some things that I probably didn't catch the first time through. For all of you out there, this is Dr. Ron Kaiser. This has been Rejuvenaging with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Our guest has been Jenny Saraswati, who is a podcaster and just an all-around great person who has added a lot to our knowledge of rejuvenating. Again, my website is www.mentalhealthgym. Hope to hear from you. Hope you'll listen, download, and rate our podcasts. Looking forward to speaking with you when we have our next podcast. Thanks again to all for listening in, and thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Ron. So much fun. And I'm glad to be in such great company of guests that you've had on this show. So thank you so much for having me on.